Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by reporter Brooklyn Hahn to talk about wire fraud and other cybersecurity threats facing the title industry. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO. In collaboration with their broker partners, they designed Power Plus, a next-generation broker technology platform that offers a fast, intuitive interface with features and functionalities to empower a best-in-class lending experience. With an enhanced guided workflow, the loan process is more efficient, accurate, manageable, and convenient. The platform speeds up the process at every step, minimizing the time brokers spend on the platform. At PennyMac, being tech-forward and human-focused is why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID 35953. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Brooklyn, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. You know, we got to see each other in person, which is rare for us. You know, we don't live close, but we were both at the Alta One title conference last week and it was fantastic. Yeah, it was a really great conference and, you know, so such a great opportunity to meet so many people in the title insurance industry and, you know, hear firsthand about some of the things that they're concerned about and thinking about right now as the market shifts and, you know, they deal with everything that that, uh, you know, brings about. One of the pieces that you wrote, uh, one of the, the things that you covered was their session on cybercrime, which included wire fraud. It included talk about ransomware. And I love the the way that you framed it, because you're, you know, like it's a 146 year old title industry, but they're battling these 21st century problems, right? Like, so this is a, a venerable part of our industry has gone back a long time. And yet right now, I mean, they are under attack. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, title insurance is such a historic, uh, you know, part of the real estate ecosystem. And, you know, some of the companies that I cover in this space are well over 100 years old, which is kind of really incredible to think, you know, how long they've lasted and the legacy that they have within, you know, the real estate industry. But one of the biggest topics, um, something I, you know, heard just about everyone talking about the entire time I was at Alta was, you know, wire fraud and cybersecurity. And, you know, as the real estate transaction becomes more digital, more online, it also opens up the transaction to, you know, more opportunities for fraud and for security breaches and things like that, that can be really devastating to home buyers and sellers and lenders as well. And real estate agents who, you know, are part of, the process and, you know, want the best for their clients. So it's, it's a hot topic and something that's really important to the industry. But yeah, the panel that they had there was 
really great. Um, it was Thomas Cronkite, who is the CEO of T- Sun Title Agency of Michigan, but he also co-founded and is the executive chairman of Certified, uh, which is a cybersecurity company that works with the Secret Service um, to kind of protect title companies and companies in general against wire fraud. Um, and, you know, they help these people and victims of wire fraud recover funds and basically, you know, try to track down this money and take down these cyber criminals. And so he was part of the panel and Stephen Doherty, um, who is a member of the Secret Service, was also there as well. And it was great to hear from both of them and get, you know, their thoughts on this issue. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, some Alta executives later in the week, and fraud is the, you know, third biggest title claim. It's one of the biggest issues right now within title. Um, and, you know, as both Thomas and Stephen said, the threat of wire fraud is not going anywhere. And it really is just ramping up right now. And, you know, we've seen a huge increase in it over the past couple of years. And it's, um, you know, expected to double the, the amount of wire fraud is expected to double within the next three years, which is kind of staggering to think about. And really what happens with wire fraud is it starts with business email compromises, so BECs. Um, And basically a bad actor uh, obtains login credentials to an email address of, say, a a real estate agent. And then they go into that email and they uh, change the email account rules. So all of the emails that come into that email account are automatically forwarded to the bad actor's account. And then they also set up a rule that um, deletes any traces of the fact that this email has been forwarded. So, you know, you don't know that the email has been forwarded because you can't see it unless you go into your email settings and change your email rules. And even if, um, you know, you change your email password every other week, just because the rules have already been set up, that, that does nothing. It's, you know, the breach has already happened. Um, and then the bad actor will take the information coming in through the email and learn as much as they can about a, you know, a transaction that's about to happen. And then when it's kind of getting close to time for, um, you know, funds to be dispersed or, you know, the homeowner to, uh, you know, submit their down payment, then that's when the bad actor kind of gets into motion and, um, you know, will send fraudulent wire fraud or wiring instructions. And the, you know, the funds will come in, they'll be transferred into um, a crypto account and then, you know, potentially brought offshore and moved around. And it's almost impossible to track. And, you know, Time really is of the essence. The sweet spot is about 12 hours. Um, you know, once you get 24 hours after the wire transfer has gone through, it gets even harder. 48 hours, you know, your your chances are even slimmer. And once you get to three days, it's basically impossible to track the funds. 
And, you know, they send these wiring instructions through an email address or a phone number that looks almost identical to the one that the homeowner or the lender is used to corresponding with. So it looks it looks the same, basically. They might even copy the email signature, but one letter or one number might be off, or there might be a period, or there might be an underscore somewhere. So it's really slight things that you have to be eagle-eyed in terms of you know trying to find and point out. Um, and then, so that was that was a big th- you know big component of it um but later in the day i was sitting in another panel with uh matt mcbride and he had a you know two great suggestions when it came to dealing with these two things and the first is never hit reply on an email always hit forward and type in the email address or the name of the person that you want to be corresponding with, because that way you can guarantee that you're talking to the person you want to be talking to and not some fraudulent account that's nearly identical to the person that you want to be talking to. Um, So I thought that was one great piece of advice. And the other was to register all the domain names that might be one character off um, from the domain name of your company. So, um, you know, if the email address is or the the web page is ctitle.com, um, you know, do it with a one in where the I is for, in title and things like that. Think of all of the iterations and register all those domains to make it harder for fraudsters to, you know, create these accounts. Um, but, you know, it was really fascinating to kind of learn about this threat and to see how this industry who, you know, that is so old and so historic, how they're kind of preparing to take on these challenges. Um, and, you know, they're, how seriously they're taking it because, you know, this, in some instances with home buyers, this is their entire life savings, and their nest egg that is disappeared that they've lost to wire fraud and it's devastating. Um, and you know, that, that can be a, it's a huge threat to the housing industry and the, the finance, the housing finance industry as well. What strikes me is just how vulnerable these companies are, how vulnerable all of us are when you consider the threat, which, you know, one of, one of the things that you mentioned in your article is that Cronkite says that attacks are being done at scale with hundreds of thousands of attacks launched per day. And that I think there he's talking about business email compromise attacks trying to get in. Is that is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So if you know it's not one guy sitting alone in his basement, um, you know, in a in a dark room living on Red Bull doing this kind of thing. It's <laughs> you know, it's a very planned strategic attacks. Um and you know these cybercrime units are set up like companies with CEOs and PR teams and recruitment teams and people who are you know doing the searching on the dark web and selling things on the dark web um and yeah it's it's hundreds of thousands of these business email compromises are you know being set up each day and it really only takes one and the payoff in some of these instances for these fraudsters can be hundreds of thousands of dollars, which 
is, you know, that's just one, you know, email being compromised and they get that amount of payoff. So they're, they're definitely playing the odds, um, which I guess from a financial aspect makes sense um, because the more, you know, emails they can compromise, the more money they can um, earn. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, everyone is vulnerable and, you know, it's definitely making me take a second look about how I deal with my email and my email practices. Understandably. So you had the secret service on that one panel. I think this is one of the things you talked about, you know, there's time is of the essence, but you know, what, I think the, the hard thing here is it feels like you have individual businesses being targeted by these really like could be state actors or just like very organized criminal groups, you know, at scale, like they said, meanwhile, you know, there's just this, it could be a mom and top pop title company. It could be a giant title company or a giant lender. It's still super vulnerable. So what was the secret service? Like if you are, if, if this does happen, what is the sequence of events that the secret service can help with? Um, So the secret service, what they are mainly focused on is, kind of searching for these funds and helping people find them and track them and track down, you know, these, these criminals and these fraudsters. Um, But really kind of the first thing to do is contact local law enforcement or state law enforcement. And, you know, before something like this happens, make sure you have a relationship with these people. So you know who to call and you're not just kind of sitting there twiddling your thumbs going, oh my gosh, what just happened? Uh, You know, this is really bad, but I have no idea how to handle it. Um, And, you know, making sure that your employees know protocol and know what they need to do. Um, You know, Alta on their website has some great resources when it comes to this um, with business continuity plans and um, kind of like these emergency plans, basically. And yet yeah, reporting it to the Internet Crime Complaint Center, the IC3, um, is really important as well. And, you know, a lot of people don't know what to do. And so they reach out, they, you know, stumble upon a company like Certified and, you know, they're able to kind of set wheels in motion and get things going as well if you don't know where to start. Um, But, you know, even if you catch the wire fraud before it happens um, and you notice something fishy in your email or you notice an attempt, they urge the industry to contact the IC3 because you don't know if that one small thing or, you know, the the wire fraud that you didn't catch will help the secret service and the FBI find these bad actors. And, you know, if it'll fill in a piece of the puzzle that they're missing. Absolutely. It's just, (laughs) it's terrifying to me. It also speaks to the fact that the efficiencies that we're trying to find in throughout the mortgage transit or real estate transaction process, whether that's getting leads from, from the very beginning to the very end, which this is sort of, you know, right towards the very end, the efficiencies are so important because say you, you know, when you're on like email 17 from your title company about something, I mean, at that point, your your vigilance is just low. And so I would think is theirs because it's like, okay, I've been talking to this person for 16 emails, 
right? Back and forth. Okay, we're doing this. We're doing this. I have this question. They come back. At that point, they become like this, you know, more than the very first email that they send that you're like, oh, if you're very aware of this, which I don't know if if consumers are very aware of it, but say you are, you're like, okay, the first one, by, by the 17th email, you're like pretty relaxed. And you're like, okay, this is the right person. That's exactly when someone, you know, would come in here because these are very sophisticated attacks, right? Aimed at people. So the business email compromise is aimed at people. They're not hacking into your system. They're getting in through the front door of your people. And, and part of the way that that happens is that, you know, this person on the other, you know, they, they've looked at like how you speak and, um, you know, what is, what is the nat- natural next step that they should be asking about? And so I think that it's just crazy to me how, how much that could play into it and how much that means that title companies really need to be shoring up their technology and their efficiencies. Absolutely, for sure. And, you know, they need to be educating everyone they're working with from the lender to the real estate agent to the home buyers and sellers themselves. You know, people really need to be aware of this threat and know what they can do to protect themselves or protect their clients. Um, and that's something that, you know, Alta is really working towards um, is improving that education and the understanding of what needs to be done, how this should be handled, and, you know, what these companies can do to protect their clients' transactions and to protect themselves. You wrote a story um, back in July where it was the it was the sort of one year anniversary of the Cloud, Cloud Star attack, which was a different kind of attack. That was a ransomware attack, right? Um, where they got into um, CloudStar, which is a, a, a platform for title companies, and I mean, it disabled that that the ransomware they they couldn't access, you know, their files, their information, and this affected. Uh, the title companies in a in a really big way. Even a year later, you found some effects of that. Absolutely, um, yeah. The CloudStar the CloudStar platform is a uh, a cloud storage platform, basically. Um, and title companies obviously deal with a lot of data, and they store information about you know all their transactions on there, and all um, you know clients' personal information. And some of them even use, um, you know, clouds and offshore storage solutions, basically, um, to host things like their closing software. So, you know, whether it's SoftPro or Qualia or something like that, you know, whatever they use to close transactions, that, that software is sometimes stored on there as well. And, you know, some of these companies had all of their data on CloudStar and their cloud, their closing software. So they had nothing once the ransomware attack happened. Um, they had no access to any information, no access to their closing software. And it shut everything down, basically. Um, you know, I had one company that I spoke with and they had, you know, all this, all of these escrow funds sitting in a bank account, and they had no idea who they belonged to, or what transactions, or who sent what, and who hadn't paid yet. It was all completely lost. Um, and some of these companies were able to get back up and running again. Um, it really, you know, talking to people, it was an all hands on deck um, 
kind of moment within the title industry and everyone came together to help everybody out as best they could from, you know, closing companies to other cloud storage solutions like Premier One. Um, you know, it, it was kind of a moment for the industry to come together, but it was also a wake up call that, you know, ransomware attacks like this ha- can happen and, you know, you need to be prepared. Um, and one of the big things that everyone talked about and was also, you know, discussed at Alta one was that, you know, it's one thing to have these plans in place, but it's another to know how they operate. And one of the biggest suggestions was to conduct almost like fire drills. So like, you know, when you're in school and a fire, the fire alarm goes off as a student, you know what to do. And you know to exit the building and line up and things like that. And you practice it. And so they suggested, you know, practicing these things with your employees. You know, people need to know how to bring the backups online. They need to know, you know, how to access some of the the other storage that you have. Um, and just, you know, make sure that things can continue running on, um, you know, even if something of you know this magnitude happens again. I think it was such a wake up call uh, because to your point, you know, people thought, I, I know the one company that you talked to, they had had, they had been storing their files uh, with CloudStar for 10 years and it was just all gone. They said it was like their firm never existed as far as like files. So you can see how I think that was a wake up call for everyone about, how you need to control your data, how you need to back up that data, how you need to do these fire drills to make sure that you know what to do when something like this happens, just like a fire drill to do, you know, if if something happened with wire fraud would be very useful, right? So that you're not scrambling at the last minute, like I have no idea what to do right now. And you're losing precious minutes while you don't have a plan. Exactly. Yeah. Having a plan is definitely important, but knowing the, you know, having kind of done a dry run of the plan as well is even more important and, you know, cuts out some of that, that stress. Um, You know, as an athlete, I always liked to, you know, there's only a certain number of things that you can control when it comes to competition, but knowing what you would do and how you would handle different circumstances and having practiced some of those at home was a huge confidence boost you know, to me when I was competing. So I would imagine it would be the same thing to these companies uh, in the event that something like a ransomware attack or a wire fraud incident occurs. I would say that was, it's one of the, you know, blessings, if you want to say that silver linings of having a, you know, lower volume is that people can take time now to kind of shore up those um, those processes and make sure they're, you know, they're protected more than, you know, you think of it the last two years and just the absolute, you know, drinking from a fire hose that it was for all these companies. And then it feels like the risk has just multiplied because people are moving fast, trying to get things done quickly. Um, to me, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. So hopefully in this time of like, Hey, we have lower volume, we can look at you know, the efficiencies, we can look at um, our processes and really take the time to make sure that, you know, when when volume ramps back up, we're ready. Yeah, absolutely. That was something I heard from just about everyone that I spoke with, that it has been absolutely insane these past two years. And finally, you know, 
while it is a little uncertain and people are weary of what's going to go on with interest rates and how that will impact, you know, home purchase volume. Everyone's kind of glad to be able to take a breath and regroup and, you know, figure out how to be more cost uh, cost effective and more efficient and, uh, you know, improve technology and streamline things. And I keep likening it to the off season in a competition uh, setting where, you know, you've been on for so long and finally it's the off season. You have time to regroup. You have the time to make improvements and make the changes you need to, uh, you know, be better prepared. So when things ramp back up, you can come out on top and, you know, be an even better version of what you were the last time things were at their peak. I think that's a great analogy. And for our listeners who don't know, Brickley, I will let them know that uh, you are a former Olympian um, in figure skating uh, for Australia. And so uh, when you talk about these things, you know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the off season and training and all that. Well, Brickley, thank you so much. Really appreciate you making the time. Um, we have more to talk about. We'll come back and talk more about uh, the attorney opinion letters and some of those other things, because um, you and I both got to talk to a lot of people, attend sessions on those things and kind of really get, you know, put our finger on the pulse of, of how the title companies are looking at that decision by the GSEs to accept those and, and what that means going forward. So we'll get into that in a separate thing, but really appreciate the fact that we can talk about wire fraud and the cyber threats to title. Awesome. Well, I look forward to talking uh, with you about AOLs. Thanks, Brickley. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.